Okay, so Tuchin is the Malach of grinding. In context, we're not going to discuss much about grinding wheat, even though that's where the source of the Malach starts from, but much in grinding many other things, which also would be relevant to Tuchin. The soda of Tuchin, which, as we'll see, applies in many other things besides just grinding wheat, is really taking any item, breaking it down into small particles, always we're dealing with small, we'll see how small is considered small, which changes its function. That's really the, a key component to tochen, that the function has changed in the process. We know that all malachas, as we mentioned, are creative. Creative means something that's happening in the process. So taking something, for example, a vegetable and just cutting it into half, is not really considered any substantial change or significant change, or anything really which is happening. This was bigger, now it's smaller. We don't look at that as something significant in terms of what's taking place with this item. However, just from the example of the case of the Mishkan, obviously when taking wheat and grinding it into flour, there's a significant change taking place. It's a totally different item. Until now it was wheat, and now it's flour. And that's the classic case. Anything similar to that would be considered in the rules of Tochen. So let's go through some of the practical cases where this would apply. And the, as we'll see, some exceptions. And when it doesn't apply, when it does apply. So first, the Gemara says a very important rule. That ain't Tochen, ela gedule kaka. That tochen only applies to things that grow from the ground. Things that don't grow from the ground is no issue of tochen. For example, probably the common examples will be eggs, mashing eggs on Shabbos and making egg salad will be totally permissible to chop up those eggs on Shabbos into the smallest, finest pieces. Obviously, bearing in mind the border issue, as we mentioned in the past few weeks, has to be peeled for immediate use in order to make egg salad. But once it's peeled for immediate use, as far as the chopping itself, that is totally fine. However, the Gemara is a very interesting thing, and this is a rule, not just in Tochi, it's relevant in many other places as well, is what tool can be used to chop? You would, one would assume that if there's no Tochi, so any, any tool can be used. You can use a masher, you can use a grinder, you can use an egg, you know, masher, whatever it may be. It also should, all should be permissible. But the Gemara says there's a very interesting rule called Uvda Dechal. Uvda Dechal literally means a weekday type activity. And the question is how, what that means and how it applies. The classic application of Uvda Dechal means if you're doing an action, which generally this action, and particularly as we'll see, it often relates to the tools that are being used and the items that are being used in the process, normally using that tool and doing that action is something which is a malacha. It happens to be in this case for a particular reason, it wouldn't apply. Generally, it's still going to be under the rules of the Dechal. Why? Ovdu Dechal said this is a weekday type activity. This is done normally under the rubric of Malacha. A classic example will be over here. To use a specialized grinding instrument, whether it's a masher or a grind or anything similar to that, to mash up eggs would be under the classic Ovdu Dechal. Why? Because normally a grinder is used for grinding, which is Tochen and Shabbos. It happens to be in this case, there's a specific reason why there's no Tochen. It doesn't go from the ground and there's no Tochen. So it has a specific exception. But the fact that it's a grinding tool, which essentially grinding is a malacha and Shabbos, really defines it as a tool which is used normally for malacha, and therefore that tool cannot be used on Shabbos regardless. So to use a grinder on Shabbos really is never permissible, whether the item itself has token or not. Obviously, of the dechol is a drabanan, it's not deraisa, but for all practical purposes, it's not going to make a difference whether it's drabanan or deraisa. It is going to be not permissible to use that. So a grinder, a masher, a grater... Anything along those lines cannot be used on Shabbos regardless. However, a fork, which would be another classic example of probably the simplest way of chopping up eggs on Shabbos, 
is totally permissible. Rav Moshe discusses even a egg slicer, which is a tool, but Rav Moshe says it's not a tool for grinding. It doesn't actually make it into very small pieces, which normally is what grinding is defined as. It just slices it into pieces. So if you have an gr- egg slicer, which makes it into thin, long pieces, also permissible to use on, to use on Shabbos. To make it into tiny pieces, you can use a fork, you can use, you can obviously take a knife and chop it into tiny pieces, for sure is fine. Those aren't grinding utensils, but the grinding utensils would be an issue. So that's the classic application of the Dachal in this case, for sure. As we'll see, most type of grinding instruments would be always an issue, regardless of whether the item itself has an issue of token. Still be okay. I mean, yeah, it means that, you do that tool, correct. The tool, right, the tool is not a tool which you use for grinding. So if you happen to figure out a way, it means that you're basically doing a fork. Also, you can grind with a fork, but it's not a grinding tool. So you, you probably even could do a better job with a fork potentially than you can do with this slicer, even both ways. Even if, you, but even if let's say you kept moving it and moving it around, and, right, and you eventually get small pieces, it's not a grind. So it's the tool which is the issue. It's not the way you use it. It's the tool which is the issue, and that's totally fine to use an egg slicer in any fashion. Other examples of things that are permissible to grind would be meat, would be fine as well. Meat doesn't grow from the ground. Cheese doesn't grow from the ground. And these are all examples of things that, again, essentially you can grind on Shabbos, ensuring there's no issue of the tool, which would be a grinding tool. Those things are a little more difficult to grind on, on Shabbos to make. Obviously, if you had a meat you wanted to make into fine pieces, you can you know, use a knife and you can use fork, but obviously not anything which would be a specialized tool, probably the most common example of the meat is the egg example. So that's one rule vis-a-vis tochen. The second rule in tochen, that ein tochen acha tochen, which means that once something is ground already and now became into minuscule pieces or small pieces, even if it was reconstituted and brought back together, there would no longer be an issue of tochen. So some classic examples of that, you have wheat, is made into flour, and then can brought back into a cookie, or cake, as an example. And then you have a cookie now, and you want to make the cookie into cookie crumbs for the top of an ice cream. This was already ground. It's true, it does grow from the ground. It was flour, and flour grows from the ground. But it was already at one point ground into flour. And then it was brought back together in the form of a cookie, baked. And now you want to grind it up to use again for some sort of crumbs, etc. Totally permissible to do that. Again, the tool will be still be an instrument. It has to be careful what you use, because using anything which is a specialized tool will be still an issue. But, as far as the issue of the grinding, there would not be an issue in terms of the grinding itself. Now, the classic example would be chocolate. It's used to make chocolate on shavings of chocolate, also top of an ice cream. So chocolate was the same thing as a cocoa bean which was ground up into, and then melted, and brought back into the form of chocolate, exactly how it's done, but it certainly went down and then brought back together. And therefore, to make chocolate into small little pieces, shavings, etc., would not be an issue of turkey, and a person could do that on Shabbos. Here it's interesting, because what's often, what that's done with is the peeler. Often people use peelings, uh, peeler to make shavings of ice cream on Shabbos, or during the week, question is, can a peeler be used for this item or not? As far as tochen, there's no issue. A peeler is not also a specialized tochen instrument. It's not a grinding instrument. 
it is, however, as we spoke about in the past, a specialized borer instrument that's usually used for, for borer, which does make it not necessarily over the hull, because it can, but it is, it is a mukta item. It's an item which is often used for that, and therefore would be something which would be under the um, realm of mukta. It's not such a, it goes into the question of peels in general. We spoke about peels. Do we look at them as a knife or not? So we don't look at it necessarily as a specialized tool as a grinder or a masher in terms of it's a borer tool. It's a tool which is, even though it's all, it should not be done, it can accomplish borer. We don't look at it as a tool which cannot be used at all, but it is an issue of mukta. And therefore, to use that should be avoided on Shabbos unless there's no other way to make this shavings, which often is the case. Not sure how else you make shavings of Chalkan on Shabbos without using a peel. Any other way to do that? You can use a knife. Probably wouldn't work very well. Not going to work. Want to make shavings, right? Want to make curlies? Want to make shavings, right? So something which is which is muksa, but there's no other way to do that with. One can use that, and that would be permissible in this case as well. So one can use a peeler if that would be the intention to make the shavings on Shabbos. It would be permissible to do that, being there's no other item which would, which would accomplish this, and therefore one can do the chocolate as far as tochen, the peeler as far as tool and as far as muktz would not be an issue, and therefore can be used on Shabbos. What, what about a sugar cane? <clears throat> what about it? Is that, that grows from the right? Sugar, sugar grows from the ground. So is that sugar that's been bruised and put together back in the cube? So if you want to grind it up? Yeah, let's do this. Alicia gave us. Interesting. Smash it with the back of the spoon or something. Right. It has to be. Yeah. I'm assuming. I, ha- I mean, how does it? I, 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 I've never seen. Sugar cane looks like. Sugar cane looks like what? Granulated. Looks like what? Granulated. Doesn't look anything like what sugar looks like. Granulated. But is it is it actually grains inside? It's not. You have to grind it. Okay. So then it's put back in the where a cube is made up of tiny little pieces of sugar. Right, that's right. Right, we're saying, but... Right. It's just stuck right. Right, but it starts off as whole... They sell them in Jungle Gen. I've actually looked inside of what it looks like. We're saying it's, it's solid when it when you grows in the ground. Makes sense. And then you and then you probably grind it up to make sugar. I mean, it's all granulated, so that sounds... Right, it sounds like it was granulated. Also, you can make it finer and less fine. Yeah, super fine. Right, that's a good example. Another good example of something which was separate, brought back together, and then... Another example would be pills. Right? If someone wanted to mash a pill on Shabbos, especially for potentially a child or to, to put it into food. So pills also started off as some sort of powder. Right? Generally, it's not necessarily natural. So it doesn't always grow from the ground. But even if it did, I mean, I don't know if you know exactly what does or what doesn't grow from the ground. Mo- many pills, maybe for most of them, and it doesn't necessarily grow from the ground. Even if it did, it was something which was ground up into some sort of powder put together in a pill form, and if we're growing it up, again, would be okay in terms of making it into, back into small, tiny pieces, putting it into food, whatever the goal would be, that would be okay as well. So that's another just example of something which was ground up before, and therefore no issue of returning it. So we have two token rules so far. As far as gedule kaka has to grow from the ground, and it has to be something which was never actually ground beforehand. If it was ground before, that's also okay. The next thing the, the Gemara discusses is a very interesting application of this vis-a-vis vegetables, and particularly how small or fine they are cut, and how to apply the the issue of cutting vegetables. So you mentioned before that taking a cucumber and cutting it in half is definitely not talking. But the Gemara says cutting into small pieces, 
any vegetable, can be a potential token issue. Now, why is that token? Why is cutting into large pieces not token, small pieces token? So it really goes back to the idea we mentioned before, that if you look at small pieces, it's not really a regular eating item, meaning that vegetable is an eating item, and when you cut it up, it still can be an eating item. Once it's very small, we look at it clearly as a something which is meant to be part of a salad. It's, it's, that, that's what its goal is. You don't really normally take things and cut them very, very small and eat them as regular. They're really meant to be part of a salad now. So we look at it almost like a different item. It was still now an eating vegetable, now it's a salad vegetable. Again, if it's cut into circles or cut into bigger pieces, we look at it as still something which you normally would eat and something which would be considered, considered as a regular normal vegetable. But the smaller it gets, the, more clo- the closer it is to something which is now a salad vegetable. So certainly if it's very small, the classic example that the post can give is, is really a salad. That would be a classic example of something very small, and that is generally done quite small in the small little pieces, and therefore cutting, whether it's tomatoes or cucumbers, things like that, into that level of, of minuscule pieces should, be, should not be done on Shabbos. But if for an, even for an Israeli salad, if you cut it larger than normal, which means it is significant enough that you would notice that this is bigger than... It normally it does. It looks like a, we'll call it a, lar- a larger piece of Israeli salad, and that's something which is the way normally Israeli salad looks. That would be permissible on Shabbos, and one can do that. So as long as it's still big enough that it does not look like it's the minuscule small pieces, that's okay. As far as other salads, so m- most other times you cut for a salad, it's not very minuscule. It's still, it's, you know, it, it's going to be small, but not small enough to be considered an issue as far as, far as Shabbos. The, really, the Israeli salad is the Classic example, again, things of that size and that nature are where the examples are that a person should avoid doing that on Shabbos. It's small enough to be considered almost like a totally different item and therefore should avoid being cut to that level right, where it's basically dicing it and making it uh, into very, very small pieces. That's subjective or objective? Like, if you're not usually patient enough to make it small enough that, like, Israelis would consider Israelis bad, like, you make your Israeli salad. Yeah, it's objective. So... Even if that's your regular way that you would... Correct. Really Correct. If, 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 bigger if, than right, if bigger than what the normal... I mean, if you look at that and say that's, that's, that's larger than a Israeli salad should be. You don't make it a little bigger Correct. Correct. As long as it's something which is not very small. So if you don't make it very small ever, fine. So you're not making what is defined as an Israeli salad. You're making basically vegetables which are small, but not very small. So... It's clear, it's clear from the post, we need to be very small to be considered to be this issue of Tochin, and very small is in the, that level, where it's something which is minuscule, right? certainly diced, but even, I mean, Israeli style is not even certainly diced that you know, very fine, but it's only cut very small. So if, it was, if you don't normally cut things small, that'll be okay, and then it can be, can be done on Chavez. <coughs> so that's a third application, or certainly a case which certainly would, would be applying in terms of the, the rules of Tochen. Another classic case of where Tochen is discussed is about mashing. And mashing is very interesting because mashing, it is being changing form from a salad to a, more of a mush, and therefore the change of form itself gives it the status of a change, but it's not made into small pieces. And the fact that it's going into a mush is really somewhat very different than classic token. There's a major discussion in the postgame, do we apply token to mashing in general? Again, Rav Moshe Feinstein has a, has a tshuva on this, so he discussed that a person should be machmer and should avoid mashing on Shabbos. However, one of the rules of token, token is allowed to be done with a shinui. 
which is not normally so relevant because normally, let's say, the back of a fork, which is a classic shina in this case, not, not normally relevant to cut things up very small and you can't do things, but for mashing, it's a very simple solution. And to use the back, I mean, max means the handle of the fork, to mash something is permissible. So, for example, whether it's an avocado, whether it's a banana, to mash regular should not be done. Mashing regular with the, the prongs of the fork, which is normally the way it's done, should not be done based on this question of, of it being something like tochin. However, to do it in a way of machinery, which is using the handle of the fork, that would be fine and one can use it on Shabbos. So mashing is another classic application of shinui, and as long as it's done in a way which would avoid the normal way of being done, that would be okay. So as far as its, its practical applications, again, if it doesn't go from the ground, it doesn't even start. If it doesn't go from the ground, many of the things have already been mashed already. The vegetable case is probably the most common application, and mashing is the other common application of token in general. So we don't, not a huge amount of cases, but there does things do come up in terms of these scenarios, both in terms of vegetables and in terms of mashing. And the proper way to do it is both the vegetables cutting it larger than very small, and when it comes to the mashing, doing it in the abnormal way using the handle of the fork. There's another aspect of token which is a much larger topic. I want to really uh, start that start that now, which is the halachas of medication. Medication does come from a drabanan of tochin, that the Gemara was, the Chazal were concerned that a person takes medication on Shabbos, they may come to make the medication in the first place, which, which is an issue of tochin. Classic medication was made by taking herbs, grinding them, making them into a, some sort of potion, or whether it's in a powder form, or made into a pill form, and that's the classic way medication was always done. And therefore, the Gemara says to take medication on Shabbos is, is also, we'll see which scenarios and when and where and how, but in certain scenarios it's also because of this Xero, you may come to make medication in the first place. It's interesting, Chazal were particularly concerned because we're dealing with someone who's unwell, and the Gemara says that a person is bohol. Bohol means that like, again, somewhat of a, right, it's almost like, a, like a panic is too strong of a word, but it's, a person is like, when a person's in pain, they don't appreciate being in pain, they want to take care of it, and they, they again, so it's not a panic per se, but it's like, well, they just want to take care of it, want to get rid of this, this issue. And if the Gemara is more concerned about someone, particularly in a state of pain, about doing something which is going to be potentially also in Shabbos, and that's why this Xero particularly applied of potentially coming to grind something. Now, the obvious question I just want to start with is that it doesn't seem to be something which is relevant today. Most medication is not made today. No one makes medication today in their, in, at home. And even if someone would grind the pill today, as we said before, grinding pills is never an issue of token because the pill was ground before already. So the question is really how would, it, how would it really apply and when would it apply and why is it the issue in the first place? And the post can discuss this idea, and this is a much more broader topic, but it will, will apply it over here, is that whenever you have a gzera, which the rationale seems to not be relevant anymore, like over here, it doesn't seem to be relevant anymore that a person would actually go and grind something because no one grinds medication anymore. So does that mean that the xero falls off and the person therefore could take medication on Shabbos even though they couldn't then because then the issue might come to grinding? How does that factor into halacha when you have xero which is, was relevant and seemingly no longer relevant? And this is a broad topic called 
Butla tam butla gzera. Do we say when the t- when the tam the rationale the Chazal are concerned about is butla seems to be no longer relevant? Do we say butla gzera or not? Do they do they go do they go hand in hand, or or not? Now there's some interesting uh, applications to this, to this question in a much broader sense. Uh, one of the classic questions about uh, swimming on Shabbos is also because the person might come to build a raft, which seems to be very not so relevant today. The um, playing music on Shabbos is also a person might come to fix an instrument, which also seems to be it's not very relevant. But in both of those cases, they're not something which is not applicable anymore. A person could technically fix an instrument. It could be I'm not an expert to do so, or it could be I'm not an expert to build a raft, but there's something which a person could do. So therefore, the post can say that those cases, for sure, still apply 100%. In fact, they're still possible and feasible, even though it's not for me, but it's still certainly possible and feasible. Some of the just, I guess, one of the cases where clearly the halacha says that the, the tam is no longer relevant, and therefore the halacha is no longer relevant, is by exposed water. The person leaves water overnight. The shachanarach says the person cannot drink that water because of the concern of snakes or scorpions getting into that water, leaving some poison in there. And the shachanarach says clearly that in today's day and age, Baruch Hashem, where our sanitary conditions are much better, the issue is no longer a concern. A person can't drink water even though it's left overnight without a Questions. He said, and the Shachar Aruch says clearly, oh, in that case, Batlatam, the time is Batal, the reason is no longer relevant. So, Xavier is Batal, even though it was Xavier, the person couldn't drink water left overnight because of the potential of it becoming, getting poison in there. So, we certainly see there are cases where Batlatam, Batla, Xavier, and the question the postman discuss is over here, that doesn't seem to be the case, that we say Batlatam, Batla, Xavier. Why not? Why wouldn't you say that potentially the Xavier? Which no longer applies. So there's a few reasons given. Probably the simplest is that even though it's true in America in 2019, there's probably no one who's grinding up herbs to make medication, it's not true in all over the world. There's certainly places, certainly in third world countries, and maybe even less not so third world countries, where people are grinding up herbs still and making potions and making things. So to say it's no longer relevant at all is not really true. It certainly is relevant in the world, and maybe even in places not so far from far-fetched that there are Jews in, maybe some of those places there are Jews in. So to say that the Xerah applies here, it doesn't apply there, it certainly wouldn't be, make sense. Chazal aren't going to undo Xerah when it just doesn't apply in certain countries. When there's Xerah made by Chazal, so there's the potential of it being bottled, but not, not necessarily with something which is totally, it's still potentially relevant. That's number one. Number two is that it's interesting that beyond the issue of token, which certainly may be an issue of, of grinding, there are other potential issues that can come into medication. For example, there are medications that a person would buy that have to be mixed with liquid, and then let's say made into, so often they're made into actual liquid, which wouldn't necessarily be an issue of lush, which we'll get to later on in terms of kneading, but let's say it has to be made into more of a cream, more of a paste, which I can't say is so common, but it certainly is a, a possibility. There are potentially other malachos involved that, that can get involved in making medication. And some of the posts can suggest that even though the apparent reason the Chazal gave was because of tochen, there may be other, other issues as well which may be relevant and maybe also a problem. And therefore, Chazal didn't necessarily give every possible reason why it's going to be an issue. If there are certainly other reasons that can be thought of that can be relevant, that may be inclusive of what Chazal were concerned and thinking about and worrying about as well. And therefore, they made a Xero, which again, the focus they said was about the issue of grinding, but not, not necessarily limited to that. And therefore, the 
the Gzeir would still apply. Those are, those are two of the ideas born in Chazal, born in, in different posts came about why it still applies today, but it's still s- certainly clear across the board that the Gzeir 100% applies today with perhaps certain limitations, and we'll see there are perhaps certain leniencies that may be in place, we'll get to them later on, but for the most part, the Gzeir is fully intact as a full-fledged Gzeir. So what is the Gzeir? And how far does it apply, and where does it apply, and when does it apply? So to break up the idea of a chola, chola is broken up into three basic categories. There's chola sheyesh bo sakana, chola she'en bo sakana, and what's called a mechush, which are three different categories in halacha. And obviously the first question is, which one does someone fit into? Does a person fit into? And then based on that, how and what can be done for that person on Shabbos? So obviously the most serious is the chola sheyesh bo sakana, just simply defined. It does not necessarily mean that someone is actually in life-threatening danger. That's obvious. A person life-threatening danger, they can do anything for them on Shabbos and anything can be done for them, whether it's a Jew, whether it's a guy, whether it's anything can be done for them. Chalosh Yishpur means even to the point that a person can become and, and can become a life-threatening situation. Right? For example, I mean, the reason why we look often at open wound as something which is serious and even potentially to the point of Mechal Shabbos for it, is because an open wound dealing with the potential of an infection, infection is something which is, is potentially life-threatening. Will it always be life-threatening? Not necessarily. Will it always come to infection? Not necessarily. But when you look at something as serious as a potential life-threatening situation as something which is going to be allowed to Mechal Shabbos for, again, there are certain rules which we'll get to in a moment, but generally we look at something which is even a potential life-threatening situation as something serious. Right? A person... Right, Shalom feels a, a very strong pain right, in somewhere. I have no idea where it's coming from. It, it, it's a, certainly if it's in the heart or anything, but even if not that, it's a very unusual, strong pain. And it's, it's, a person feels something is really wrong. I don't know what. I'm not sure what it is. Something really falls, feels wrong. There's no question. A person can do what they have to do to get that and make sure it's, it's dealt with. Is it for sure life-threatening? Not necessarily, but maybe. And that's already a suffix, a question of a suffix. Is not for life-threatening situation, a person can do whatever is necessary to be done. It's interesting language the Shulchan Aruch uses and says that someone who asks a shayla when they have a potential life-threatening situation, he's like spilling blood. That's the literally translated, which means that he's taking chances. Obviously, it's a case where every second counts and every moment makes a difference. And now he's going to try to find a question to be asked when he may be delaying something which is potentially life-threatening and taking chances, etc., if you have something, a person has something which is, again, even potentially life-threatening, I don't know what it is, I'm not sure what it is, it's a suffix, but to go start finding someone to ask would be delaying and, and, and taking extra time, and I'm asking because I'm scared to do something on Shabbos when it might be not permissible, that's a case where it's always a shofach tom. A person is, is, again, not for sure, potentially causing blood to be spilled, and should not be asking Shiloh, should not be doing whatever, they, if they are nervous, even a suffix, even something which is a doubt, they should be doing what they have to do to make sure that it's taken care of without questions, without thinking, and just do what has to be done. Basically, the same as they do during the week. That's really the, the basic criteria in terms of if this during the week happened, enough of a concern, enough of a reason that you would not just leave it so on Shabbos, we do the same thing. Again, assuming that it's something which is a, even a potential or question of a suffix of life-threatening situation, we don't look at it any differently than you treat it during the week. If during the week, we call an ambulance or call 911, whatever you would call. On Shabbos, the same thing is done. We don't treat it any differently because of Shabbos, and nothing should be held back 
because the Shabbos, in a case of a suffix, pukuk nefesh. Yeah. During the week, you would take another step to just try to rule out, to see if it is or is not dangerous, so that thing would be in the lacha. Is that okay? Meaning, Such as? Actually, this happened. Um, my son got injured in the eye, let's say. Right. So we didn't know if he wasn't opening his eye because of an injury or just because of pain. Right. A wet washcloth maybe would have calmed him down, and then we could see if right. it was an injury or just a comfort thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So generally, we end up minimizing malacha by doing one small action, even though it's potentially derisa of schita of squeezing. That I mean, you should try to avoid squeezing as much as possible. But if, that would potentially be better than than. Um, Right, and to see, and then you you would avoid having to go to the hospital and doing all that all those would take, which we involve many malachos, not necessarily derises, but even drabanans. Yes, you would, you, would, you could take that action to to rule out the perhaps necessity of taking something much further, which would be much more involved. Certainly, obviously, and as far as the tercher and as far as the cholashabes, be much more extensive. Yeah, so you, 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 could, you could and should do that. And again, assuming also that time is not of the essence, which again, if you do during the week, obviously time is not of the essence. Right. Right? So then that would be, that'd be fine. So that's, that's, number one. that's number one. Now, just an a important point in, in, the, in the rules of Cholosheish or Sakana is an important rule called Akhala Khala which basically means that whatever, the more linear you can do, the better. Not when you're not compromising anything, which is in terms of the care. Right? For example, if the malacha can be done as quickly through a non-Jew, that's certainly better. A non-Jew, as we'll learn much later on, is only durabanan. To have a non-Jew do anything on Shabbos for one, as opposed to doing it yourself, is always deraisa. So if a person needs to get to the hospital, would obviously always prefer taking a taxi rather than driving oneself. It's just interesting that Driving is probably the most serious in terms of a person. People speak Michal Shabbos, and a car has an RPM. Right? RPMs are the right, per minute times that your the spark plugs are igniting. So when you step on the gas, it goes like from two or to three. So that's three thousand RPMs per minute. That means there's three thousand local devices per minute. So just you think about you know driving a car. Now again, that shouldn't scare anyone from doing what they have to do when they need to go do it on Shabbos. But if it was just in terms of the seriousness of, of what we're dealing with, that's why obviously getting a guy to do so and getting a guy to do all those malachas of igniting the ignition and every second that's driving causing the malachas, certainly it's always preferable to get a guy, but only if again time is not of the essence. In case the time is of the essence, we don't take chances. So that's an a, 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 a important question to always keep in mind. Is time of the essence? If it's even a suffix of the essence, we don't take chances. And we just get into the car and drive and do whatever has to be done. So we don't take chances in terms of a suffix. Right? Again, the suffix is something which is even, it's a doubt, even if it's a, somewhat of a far fetch. But I'm not taking chances. During the week, I would do this. Now, generally here, it's not a perfect equation because during the week, you always would drive. No reason you don't call taxi during the week when you have your own car. But here, it's not a, so it's not a perfect measurement to say what to do during the week. But if, again, as far as the time factor, during the week I would be comfortable not rushing to the point that we have to get every second, so then taking an extra few minutes to call a taxi would not necessarily be something which would be permissible if, you can, if time is not of the essence. And again, always erring on the side of caution 
and not necessarily on the side of halacha, but on the side of question of doing something which is whatever is necessary. So that's the rule of kalakatchila. It also tells us if you can use a shinui, it's always better. Right? So, for example, if you can use a knuckle when making a phone call, which is again not necessarily extra time, it's just a little more cumbersome. Usually, it's going to be again. It might be in terms of minuscule seconds, it might take a drop longer. And if that was a factor, yeah, just do it and don't drive yourself crazy and dial unusual. But generally, it's something which the person's dialing, so they can push a button with their knuckles, and that's going to be a shinui, which is makes it more lenient. It's it's a lower level of of a malacha, something more lenient than doing it in a regular fashion. And that's always preferable. So whatever a person can minimize, those are the two classic things to minimize. Number one, using a non-Jew if possible. And number two, using a Shini if possible. Those are the two things which would often be applicable if they're relevant, if they're not going to be a time issue, if they're not going to be something which will cause delay in terms of care. Those are things that should be employed when relevant. So can we take into account, like if we have to drive our child, is also turning the car off, let's say when someone gets to the hospital? Right, so so turning a, turning a car off really would be only an issue of hefsid. I mean, there's never an issue of, of, of care, because turning a car off would be just that you lose your, you lose your car. Right, if you right. turn it off, so the car would get lost. So it's actually not permissible. A person doesn't really um, have a have a heter to do so. Um, but I just want to clarify that in a moment. But generally, as far as turning a car off, you could just often ask a non-Jew to turn it off. Right, someone's going to a hospital, so you can tell the non-Jew, listen, it's my Sabbath observer, I can't turn the car off, it's right outside, and that's where it is, can you go turn it off and bring the keys inside? I've had this happen a number of times, and people told me that they never had a problem, and it was, that's right. Because I know someone it, who did have a problem. And then really? Me, yeah. Really? It was a freezing cold night, like and, Shabbos, and it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And they, like, they were just nervous, they had kids at home, and they, like, they weren't sure if they were staying at that hospital or going to another one, so they ended up turning off themselves, but... Like, we're never really so the person sure. wouldn't, person wouldn't turn it off of them? No, because the guard was, like, in the hospital. And it was, it was like, it was, it was, it was one wasn't one to go outside? Yeah. Uh-huh, interesting. But, like, is that really okay? I don't know. But, like, so, I mean, right. I mean, it, I probably, I mean, I, I would probably just pull into a space and... I would, just leave running. Right, leave running. And, you know, technically, to, to save... To, technically, to, sa- to save the carving stone would not be had to, to right. turn it off. That would not, that, that's a... That's a uh, it would have, like, I need a functional yeah. car. I left okay, my family sorry. at home, so and that, my wife is here, and I have to, like, you know, right. so she needs it, to be transferred to a different right. hospital. Right, so that, so that those all factors, which may be still relevant as far as this, but if that was really a consideration, if that was possible, you could always turn the car back on, if it's necessary, like, to do, you know, do something immediately. So, turn, so it's better, it's better no, it's a, on a... No, but if the car runs out, or if it's not there anymore... Ah, so yeah, and, and and there's a need to go immediately, but I'm assuming in the hospital there's ambulances, there's you know there's right. ways of doing things, so it's it's hard to say every reason to turn it off. I mean, the only fact that there would be would be that if a person, the, the Gemara discussed about if a person wouldn't do something the next time because he's worried that this right, right, so that, like right, really this right. person told me this right now, like, and oh, and they would think twice about about yeah, about, sure. right. Okay, so Ramosha is a chuvu. He talks about that generally for a person themselves or for close family members, hopefully wouldn't think twice about about right, right about but. things like that when it's something which is dealing with their person's life, right? Even if it's something which is we pay a lot more money than it's just a car to go take care of someone's medical needs, right? So we would hope that that would not be a factor. So it seems for Fatsal, it is a factor. Right. right? Fatsal, we, we do not require them to do things like all that nature about turning cars, but we, we let them do it because. Essentially, it's a chesed. Right. So, they might not they might think twice about doing it next time, you know, and especially if it's, uh, you know, three o'clock in the morning, you have to guess, you know. But Ramosha assumes that for a close family member, which usually is the case of who's driving for right. someone driving their wife or driving themselves, so generally you don't assume that a person would not do it next time. So, essentially, a person should really just, just leave it, yeah, just leave it and you know, can pull into a space and, you know, 
leave it there. And I've, I've heard, I mean, at least hopefully often, you'll find someone nice enough to go outside and turn it off. You may not the guard, maybe you'll find a nice nurse and say, you know, do me a favor, I'm, I'm all nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm in the hospital now, I can't focus because my car's outside and it's, you know, it's, right. it's not being turned off, can you please go outside? And hopefully you'll find someone nice enough to do that. But it, essentially, if it's, it's really only an issue of hefzid, it really should not be done. Right. And it's Okay, so we'll continue on next week. Have a wonderful evening.